I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source and pro power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And today on Talk is Jericho, this is huge for me. Winnipeg's legendary rock music guru, a walking, talking human encyclopedia of popular music and one of my childhood inspirations, Howard Manshine is here. Uh, he called himself a rockologist. And wait till you hear this guy's voice. When I was growing up in Winnipeg, anything that Howard Manshine said uh, to me was, uh, was gospel from all the people that he interviewed to all the bands that he told me to check out. Uh, the rockologist, Howard Manshine. I used to call myself a rockologist uh, after him. Uh, everyone calls him H and wait to hear his stories. He's interviewed everybody, including Sir Paul McCartney, Guns N' Roses when they were just starting out, Burton Cummings and the Guess Who, and Howard had his uh, favorite bass player from his favorite band of all time, John Entwistle of The Who, hung out at his house. Uh, plus, he was very influential in the Canadian scene. Many of the bands uh, should have made it bigger in the States but didn't, like the Tragically Hip. Streetheart, Harlequin, the list goes on and on. We'll talk about the way the music business has changed and how it's affected radio and a DJ's ability to break bands. Howard Manshine is here. You may never have heard of him, but trust me, he is a trip and a, a true rockologist, just like me. Uh, one of the reasons why I got into rock and roll and wanted to be playing in a band was because it was because of Howard Manshine, uh, and that's why Fozzie started. And Fozzie's adapted to all the changes that Howard talks about, streaming downloads uh, versus just radio play. But it's been huge for us with the Judas album and the Judas single. The rate has been unbelievable. Top 10 for nine weeks. 100,000 singles sold. 10 million albums streamed. And, of course, over 12 million views for the YouTube uh, video for Judas. And we've just announced the Fozzie Judas Rising 2018 tour. Get a couple tickets and put them in somebody's stocking. you still got time. We kick things off in the States in New Orleans on February 28th. Uh, then we go all throughout everywhere. California, New York, Chicago, Detroit, Phoenix, Tucson, El Paso, Portland, Seattle, Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, Philadelphia, you name it, we're going there. Check out all of the dates at FozzyRock.com. We're taking out Through Fire, Santa Cruz, 
Dark Sky Choir, over 30 dates, East Coast, West Coast, all across the center, Texas, Houston, Dallas, Lubbock, everywhere in between, FozzyRock.com, all the cities, dates, venues, and ticket information. And, of course, we're doing our famous Fozzy VIP meet and greets, so get on that before they sell out. No one does a VIP pre-show like Fozzy. We do a, a mini concert before the show, take requests, meet and greet, signings, a hangout with you, talk to you, whatever you want to do. It's one of the best in music, so get your tickets to the Fozzy VIP experience and check out all dates at FozzyRock.com. Once again, a great stocking stuffer for your loved one that loves the Foz here at Christmas time. And we're not forgetting about all you European Fozzy fans as well. We'll be back in Europe starting January 28th in Paris, France with Steel Panther, Gay Paris. We're going to uh, Spain. We'll be in Switzerland. Switzerland, Luxembourg, uh, all across uh, Germany, uh, France. Uh, we're going all across uh, uh, Belgium as well. Everywhere. We're hitting Europe uh, very hardcore with Steel Panther. Starting January 28th, once again, all tickets and VIPs available at FozzyRock.com. We're going to rock and roll. We're going to keep the rock going today with legendary rockologist, Canadian DJ, Winnipeg DJ, Winnipeg local legend, Howard Manshine. He's coming up. <laughs> Talk is Jericho. Okay, so I grew up in, in Winnipeg, and I'm here now, and one of the uh, cornerstones of living in Winnipeg is listening to the radio and hearing the voice of Howard Manshine. And uh, the thing I love is we got a chance to do an interview for your show the other day, and I was like, it really was, uh, it, it was like a fanboy moment. Oh, because, God bless you. Yeah, as much as you do, you know, and I've done a lot of cool stuff, but to get a chance to talk to Howard Manshine, it takes you back to, like, 1981, the musicologist Howard Manshine, the, guy, the guru of Winnipeg Radio. And it was a cool, cool experience. God bless you. Um, I've said this before, and I'll say it again and again and again. Chris, anytime anybody goes on the worldwide map and, and the whomever sits from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, whether it be you, Burton Cummings, you name it, it's that Winnipeg moment. Are you from Winnipeg? Born and bred. Born and bred. Born and bred. So you understand, because that's the thing, like I find... Uh, uh, and I talked about this yesterday. I did a, a, a documentary. They're doing a Randy Bachman documentary. Oh, they are? They are. So uh, they, whoever they may be. Yes. So I did an interview for this, and I said, it, it's a little bit, uh, Winnipeg's a little bit of a weird city in that they, the, 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 the people in charge don't really give huge credit to the people from Winnipeg that go out into the world and, and make their mark. I don't know what it is, reasons why, whatever. Same reason why Burton for years had a problem with Winnipeg because they would never acknowledge his existence, according to him. Do you find that, that you're, you're always flying the flag for Winnipeg? Um, there was a time in the 80s, and the detractors might say I had a fear factor, but I had some offers in Vancouver and Toronto. My heart and soul were in Winnipeg. My heart and soul lives here. It just, I love everything about this town, brackets, minus 30 below. But I love everything. <laughs> Turn around, look outside, and if that doesn't take your breath away. Yeah. And think about this. If I was to tell you the July and August, the shows that we had in this town, A-plus shows, we could have been in any city in North America. Winnipeg is a great rock and roll town. The best. Always has been since I grew up here and everything. Great the best. Town. And the talent and the tunes. Because somebody did not succeed south of the border... Does that diminish their scar mm. quality? Not for me. They were Canadian gods. It wasn't, luck wasn't on their side. It wasn't meant to be. Harlequin, 
should have been superstars. Kenny was sh- street sweetheart. Should have been superstars. I was telling a couple of my friends because th- th- there's this golden era of Canadian rock and roll from the late 70s to early 80s where you had Harlequin, Streetheart, Loverboy, Aldo Nova, Kim Mitchell. That's just off the top of my head. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And a lot of those bands were never huge on the other side of the border. I, I don't know why that is. But in Canada, that was a great time for, for, for rock and roll all across Let the world. Let me take you back. That um, There's something in this country called CanCon where you're required to play a Canadian song. Rules and regulations. There are Canadian songs that are being played that could stand up side-by-side production-wise, musicianship-wise, with anything out of America. It did not diminish the sound of the station. And those acts that you mentioned, all heavyweights, it wasn't meant to be whether the record company wasn't supportive, whether they didn't have big league management, Harlequin, Harlequin, thinking of you, thinking of you, uh, and you know the people, Todd Kearns mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Brent have, have a band that they do Canadian covers. If you were to hear thinking of you cranked up loud, you would get, honest to goodness, shivers. It's that good. Yes. That says something about the writing quality of those tunes. So let me ask you this, Howard. You, you've been in the business for, for how many Ever. years? Forever. Since, <laughs> since the 1800s? Yes. Since before. And I look good for this. <laughs> Reading that but, but you talk about a band. Okay, so let's say like Loverboy, for example, does make it on, uh, in the States. Streetheart, Harlequin, Trooper, arguably just as good as Loverboy in a lot of different ways. Same uh, song quality. So many great, like Street Art probably has the legitimately 10 bonafide. bonafide hits in Canada that nobody in the States knows. So why would Loverboy get to that next level and not a band like Street Art or Harlequin? Uh, for starters, everybody needs L-U-C-K, but Loverboy had um, a heavyweight in... Um it's going to say his name on drawing of a bike. Bruce Allen in Vancouver. He was the manager. Yeah, Bruce Allen is coming off of success at the time with Backman Turner. Brian Adams is starting to happen. When you have some success, you have clout. With clout, you can push buttons with execs at record companies. So Harlequin sells music and records in Canada. They're starting to have a cachet here. They have a deal in the States. And asterisk, Harlequin's records were produced by Jack Douglas, who did Cheap Trick, Aerosmith, and... Um, Double Fantasy, right? Double Fantasy. John nine, Lennon. Yeah. Nine million copies later. So what happens? I don't know if Harlequin had... And it's how you push buttons with these executives. We're in a room right now, which could be in New York City. It could be the executive office of, at the time, Columbia Records. So you're the manager of Harlequin. And you're just another band that wants airplay. What buttons do you push? How do you get the team? So you might get one guy in small town America on your side and another guy in small town. But how do you get the team committed to what you do and it's how you push those buttons Mm -hmm. and you could say kill them with kindness but when you act like if i can say this a prick and when you're a nice guy and there's an art and some guys and bruce allen was the kind of guy he'd come in there screaming like you didn't get this play what the we need this play ah yes bruce we'll get on other people intimidated and there wasn't it's not like way back when that managers went to school some of them had the smarts, some of them had a commerce degree, and other guys 
used car salesmen. And that reflected in the way they sold mm. their band. It really is yeah. the team behind you in a lot of ways, right? A commitment from everybody. So you're talking about a team and longevity and all this stuff, and you've been on this scene here in Winnipeg. When did you when did you start? Seventy eight. Seventy eight. Okay, so you are uh, in a lot of ways the last of your kind. Sadly, a, ro- a rock and roll DJ who can make a difference. Who who who? When you started the seventies and eighties and playing songs, you could help a band or break a band. Correct. Just by your uh, enthusiasm, your passion. Right. There was a time and a place, and I'll take you back to 78, 79. I went to see uh, Streetheart at, uh, on Pemina Highway in Winnipeg, a place called the Norlander. I was blown away. The, to me, they were the Rolling Stones. They were the Sex Pistol. They were an absolutely incredible band. I had the, for lack of a better word, the power, the power of the music, to go on the air as soon as the record came out and play the record and talk about it and play the record. So there were people that... And when I was a kid, I was one of those people. Oh, the announcer said this. It must be good. The announcer said he ate at the Boston Pizza in St. James. It must be a good place. The power that you had over people. But at the same time, the power that, to whatever degree I had, I needed to back it up with great product. And street art had that great product. Mm -hmm. And to be on the air when there was an incredible scene, not only just street art, Harlequin, and Chris Burke Gaffney had a, and you remember this, the pumps, and then he had Orphan. He wrote some great songs. So so to be able to go on the air and be so passionate, but back it up. Mm -hmm. But back it up with legitimate great music right i guess you you heard that like there's the famous story of how rush was struggling or rush was just doing what they're doing and a dj in cleveland started playing working man just randomly yeah. and then that would spread and that's how rush kind of started to break D- did that happen here too like if you played like a street heart would somebody in brandon or regina or whatever listen and go wow i'm gonna play street heart too and then would sort of go across the entire country well it, it's funny how it worked so we would play Street Heart in Winnipeg, and then the, the rest of the team would get on board and play Street Heart. Right. So Street Heart would go out and do tour dates in Western Canada. So announcer in fill-in-the-blank would, hey, Winnipeg's playing this. We'll play the music. Mm-hmm. So they got a cachet going on. But what happens, so you play the music, you still have to drive the folks to the show. But if you get an announcer in those markets as is passionate, he would drive the people. And then... The proof is in the pudding. Mm. The product is that good. The product mm. is that good. When they saw us, whoa, Kenny Shields, God rest his soul, doing his magic. He was an incredible, incredible front man. So when you were growing up, you obviously were a big music fan. Still, yeah. What were your bands that you dug? Uh, I was a guess who guy. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, Burton was beyond incredible. He was my Mick Jagger. He was the greatest front man that you can imagine. He didn't sit behind the piano. He was Little Richard. Right. He was Jerry Lee Lewis. He he rocked like you wouldn't believe, and he had no fear. He had no fear of falling. He did whatever the term rock and roll star encapsulated. He was that guy. (laughs) He rocked. So guess who? um, Did you go see shows? I saw... uh, When I was a kid... The drinking age was under 21. I'd sneak in. And it was the greatest high sneaking in. And I would sneak into some places. And some of these acts had bodyguards and bouncers. 
What the hell are you doing here? I'm here for the music. Please don't. <laughs> I'm here for the music. I want to listen to the music. Yeah, Did was... you see any big acts that were bands coming through to the old arena? Um, I saw when I was a kid, uh, the Rolling Stones. I was really... I was... What year? 66. Wow. Yeah, I saw they came the to Winnipeg in 66. In 68, when I was a young kid, the uh, animals were on a bill with the guess who? The animals with Eric Burton. Mm -hmm. And they absolutely like blew me like blew me away just little guy like i mean little but a powerful powerful vocal styles he didn't move on stage he let his voice do the magic yeah <laughs> so like when i was a kid it was the same thing you'd go to see these shows i would always wait around try and find them in the hotels knock on the door i knocked on adrian smith's door from iron maiden once at the Westin downtown you know following james hetfield down the hallway did you ever do stuff like that like how i far was that i was that kid that did that and i did it with <laughs> uh, with a group of people and we were just whatever the word fan meant and as you know back in the day there was not facebook and there was not, right uh, we were the guys we'd have vinyl so we'll go back to paul mccartney i get a phone call from toronto from the record company and what uh, year is this 94 okay so i get a phone call from uh, the head of national promo for capital records hi howard ba 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 i'm so and so paul mccartney will do one interview in winnipeg why should you be the guy <laughs> I says, well, now that I've pitched myself, so I sell myself, et cetera, et cetera. So the guy says to me, and I don't know if he's playing with me, he says, well, the next guy's going to give you the, give me the same story. I says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to talk to people that I respect. And at the end of the day, McCartney will shake my hand and he'll say thank you for those great questions. Really? I says, yes, really. So it's 24 hours, they don't hear from him. It's 48 hours, they don't hear from him. 72 hours, he says, Howard, here's what we're doing for you. We're going to send you to the sound check. I could go to the sound check. So I'm thinking, over the years, some of the guys will have a sound check. They'll have the band without the lead guy. Right, right, right. So you, yeah. McCartney does sound checks. McCartney does sound checks, so I'm at the sound check. And let me just take it aside. To do the interview, I invited a junior, uh, a tech from the station. The tech is bringing the equipment, so my job is to be focused on Paul McCartney, not to be concerned about levels, not to be concerned about any distraction. Just do your Paul McCartney. So anyway, to make a long story short, the junior says to me, I'm a big Beatle fan. So am I, not knowing words. Right. So, he, so he says to me, "Do you think I can bring some uh, some uh, vinyl and get a few things signed?" I says, "I can't answer that, but I'm going to bring some things. Bring some things, and after the interview, we'll play it by ear." He says, "That's cool." So three o'clock in the afternoon, there's a sound check, and I don't know. It's after about five songs. I don't know what button went on in me. I jumped up and I started air guitaring. McCartney's on stage, gives me a peace sign. Paul McCartney gave me a peace sign. Whoa! <laughs> anyway, so he does about 40 minutes, which was beautiful. And then somebody with uh, McCartney's management says, Paul needs a half an hour. Do whatever you have to do. McCartney has a trailer on site. So there's me, there's somebody from McCartney's management, and there's the tech. So we're sitting in there. The size of this room, and I'm just, it, as I haven't been over it 20 times, I'm still going over my notes. <laughs> like, they're not going to improve any. So McCartney comes in, 
Hey, laddie, you were the guy that jumped up. Oh, nice to meet you. Paul McCartney said, nice to meet you. And then he says my name. Paul McCartney said my name. I was blown away. So I said, Paul, um, <laughs> some of these questions you've probably heard before, and I hope some of these questions you've never heard before. And I said, uh, I spent a lot of time. He said, I'll help you out. And it's just like, it's, that, that really meant some sort of going over the question. And I have the notes here. And I didn't need to look at him because I memorized them. Like, I'm asking that. And he's given like, for, like he's never heard the question before. Even if it's been 15, 20 times. And talk, talk about 1958 in England when uh, the um, folks are coming over and they're bringing records from America. Talk about, and he's telling me, and he's just like, it's the, first time and he's talking to me about the bad songs that he had written etc etc man it's like I'm in his living room during the interview there's a knock at the door it's the late Linda McCartney she comes in she brings tea would you like to meet my missus <laughs> the damn right I'd like to meet your missus can I have a hug with your missus anyway so we do 40 minutes and wow even if he had heard these questions before he was the British gentleman to make it sound like the first time mm. and perhaps maybe one or two were so the interview ends and sheepishly I says Paul can I get a few things signed sure whatever you need so I have this sign and that sign I says Paul I have a sister in Vancouver that's a big fan rolls his eyes I says no honest to God can you put to Pam anyway so then I says I'm here with a tech in the station I don't know what he brought I just met the guy like a week ago like when you work it's a summer relief guy you don't know that. so that he has some some music so he brings out a record and McCartney's looking at it, and I'm looking at it. And McCartney looks at me. He says, you know what that is? I says, Paul, I do know what that is. And I look at the guy. He brought some bootlegs. <laughs> he brought some bootlegs. So Paul says to me, um, what's going on? I says, Paul, I'm be very, very honest with you. I can lecture him right now, or you could lecture him, because I'm embarrassed. I truly, truly, truly am embarrassed, and uh, I can't even imagine how you feel. And the guy, oh, like, I says, Paul, if you can meet him halfway, and if we can move those bootlegs aside, and if he has any paper, if he wants something signed. Anyway, so Paul's the complete gentleman. So everything finishes. I said to the guy, he's my life. What the? What the? What the, were you doing? Why should he care? He's a rich guy. Oh, gosh. Bootleg, you do not derive any money from. Again, Howard, why should he care? So I'm like beating my head against, you don't get it? <laughs> this is not his property. He didn't see a cent. Anyway, I'm losing that. And I'm trying to keep my composure. I says, hey, you know what? Maybe one day you'll get it. It's called property it's not his property right. yeah anyways we walk out of there and I'm not going to get mad but I, I couldn't believe that how right how Paul McCartney took the high road he took the high road and he could have said out mm -hmm. just get out anyway so what are those days that uh, that stay do you notice and I've noticed this from, from being around that the, the, the big name guys are always 
not always, but for the most part, the nicest and humble and great and fun. It's always the middle level guys that have a little bit of the, of the attitude, the asshole attitude. Funny, that's, that is so true. And the middle guys have a heavy. And the heavy is the jerk. But when sometimes when you meet the middle level guys and you meet them, hi, it's nice to meet you. I was trying to get in here. Uh, your guy wouldn't let me in. <laughs> your guy was acting like this. Your guy was. Um, I've learned over the years a lot of people are just like you and me. Oh, absolutely. And for years, Burton was a, a jerk. You'd have the Burton Cummings, you'd have the good Burton, the bad Burton. I think he's finally getting it. I think he's finally getting it. You know what? The gods have been good to me. I've been doing this for 50 years. I've been making a great living at something. The odd guy doesn't get it. Yeah. Just doesn't, doesn't get, doesn't get it. Hey. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos. Hey, amigas. See? Already learning. Haha. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Hey, this is Chris Jericho inviting you to the first ever Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. Picture this rock and roll, wrestling, comedy, live podcasting, all on the open ocean from October 27th to the 31st, 2018, from Miami to Nassau. I'm bringing Hall of Fame wrestlers, some of the greatest rock and roll bands on the planet, and putting the first wrestling ring on a cruise ship ever. Don't be a stupid idiot. Make the list. Check us out at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. This, this is Talk is Jericho. So how, how, how have you been able to kind of morph and move with the times to be here almost 40 years later? Because DJs come and go so quickly. Uh, I hope... Um I've, I hope I've created a brand that has integrity. I hope that I take a moment out anytime I'm at Guns N' Roses and somebody says, can I have a photo? I take a moment out and I give them all the time and I give them all my energy because I was that fan and I know what it's like to treat them the way that you want to be treated. And at the end of the day, keep reading, keep growing and keep learning and keep asking those questions that... 
Uh, just not to get stale. Not to get stale. And I hope that I can do this and go out on my own terms. Because at the end of the day, and you'll get this, it's nourishment for our souls. Mm-hmm. It's nourishment for our souls. And I'm a lucky guy. I just met Chris Jericho. <laughs> I just met fill in the blanks. It's so right, you're right. Yeah. But you, it's funny because I want to ask you how how rock radio has changed. But exactly. I remember specifically way back, one of my favorite uh, heavy metal bands was Raven. Yeah. And you had John Gallagher from Raven good on the memory, show. Good memory, good memory. And I'm like, why? Like, And no, this is not, Raven is not a radio band, or not no. even really known, but Howard Manshine, here's John Gallagher from Raven. Like, you would go deep and bring these bands on. So like you said, other people would go, well, Howard's talking to Raven, maybe I should check them out. Uh, there was a time and place in radio when uh, programmers um, had guts. Programmers today, my boss was in here, they play it safe. They have a fear of, well, I don't want to be the guy that gave somebody the green light. Right. You know what? You might be introducing some new listeners to the station, and if they like that, fill in the blank with the interview, whomever you spoke to, maybe they'll stick around and listen to other things. I was fortunate to have a metal show, and having a metal show, I had a green light. And the green light said, you hustle. You Find these people, get them on the air. We had, not me, but it was a team, we had Guns N' Roses three weeks before the record came out. Anyway, those days, those days are gone. This is very much regimented now. It is so, when I walk into work tomorrow, you know what I have in front of me? Every song that you have to play for the day. Yeah, so you can say, why do you do that? At the end of the day, I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. And when I get home, I play whatever I want to play. <laughs> and believe it or not, some of the songs that I have on that playlist, I still love. And for some people, it's the first time they're hearing that song, and I better sell it to them. I better make sure that I'm so passionate about that song that they're going to get it, and they're going to enjoy it. So you mentioned the Guns, were you at the Guns N' Roses show? Yes. It, did you know that... That, uh, so they played August 24, 2017, and exactly 30 years prior yeah, to the day. Open for the cult. Open for the cult. Yeah, I love bits like that. Yeah, it's I, little, I like. I, told, I don't know what's in numbers, but I love bits. I like told that. Slash and I told Duff that Duff yeah. told Slash. Slash told Axel. So even the guys, fantastic. Even the guys in the band, yeah, thought it was pretty cool. Excellent. You know, we talk Excellent. About, so you, when you when you t- spoke to Guns N' Roses three weeks before the record came yeah, out, yeah, this is 30 years who, ago. Who was it? I spoke with Axel, mm-hmm. and I. I spoke with Slash, and uh, subsequently we have a mutual friend, somebody by the name of Brent Fitz that has worked with Slash, and yeah. I had mentioned that to him, that uh, I had uh, a break-in in my house uh, in the 90s, and I had lost a lot of personal things, and one of them was, it would have been cool to have Throwback Thursdays, because it was a Thursday with Guns and Roses, it would have been, <laughs> to have uh, gone back to the day with that interview, and they were, like everybody, they were green, mm-hmm. and but they were they were enthusiastic. When you see a band like GNR, do you do, do you know like these your instincts as, as as a musicologist, as a guy in the business? Do you see a band like that and go, these guys, if they get the L U C K, which you said earlier, could be huge. Um I don't know how the paradigm is today. I hear from people that say to me all the time, is rock dead? I don't think rock's dead. I think a great band. And let me emphasize, cream doesn't always rise to the top. You need various other factors. But I have to believe somebody that good. You 
You have to make it. Mm-hmm. Like you have to make it. You're that. You're that good. The debut sold 15 million copies. Right. Why? Because yeah. the tune and the tunes still sound incredible today. They're timeless. Who are some of your other favorite interviews that you've had? Um. One of my favorite interviews, and I hope you know the name, he had a song called You're the Cat, it was Al Stewart. You're the Cat, yeah. Yeah. Al Stewart came to Winnipeg and he was playing a club to, I think it was 150 people. But you know what he told me? He told me about his travels and he told me about life. And we didn't just speak about music. I love that. Mm. I spoke to Bob Marley. I didn't understand a word he said. <laughs> we were in a room. Hey, man, can I have another spliff? I says, Bob, whatever you need. Don't let me stop you. <laughs> Bob, can I ask you a question? <laughs> anyway, um, there's been some great... Uh, I'm trying to think... Um, I have have a giant place in my heart for Ray McGuire from Trooper. Mm. He's always there for me. I have a big place in my heart for Mike Reno. Mike Reno... Uh, give me five minutes. I'm there for you. Mm-hmm. Mike Reno of Lover Boy. Lover Boy. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, there's some guys. There's the odd douchebag that uh, I've spoken to 25 times. But the only time that he's nice to me he has a new record out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, uh, for the most part the Canadian guys are are fantastic. Mm-hmm. There is something to be said about what's in our DNA mm-hmm. and the water in this country. Mm-hmm. They're like, for the most part, they're a pleasure. Did they're, you ever, did you interview guys from Russia at all ever? No. Never? No. Wow. Never. And I... See, Rush never played Winnipeg in the 80s. They no, never came through they town. They did come to about five, four or five years ago. Which is so strange. Supposedly, and this is, this becomes uh, a tale, that somebody was in the audience through a beer bottle. So, you have a pretty good arm. You're in the audience. You think you could throw a beer bottle all the way to the stage? Anyway, it sounded good at the time. Uh, there was a band... Um I'm drawing a blank. Coney's Hatch. Coney Hatch. Coney Hatch. And there was a guy named Andy Curry. Yeah. Coney Hatch. We would, he'd come to town, we'd hang, and we developed a friendship. Andy works for Rush. We speak once every three weeks. Everything Rush. Everything Rush. And he says to me, Howard, we become friends after Rush is no longer. You know what? I wish there was a Rush band. You could talk to him. I said, I still like to talk to him. There's still Rush. I respect him to the nth degree. Maybe maybe the biggest Canadian band uh, outside of Canada? Um, Are we talking influence, sales numbers, or just respect? I would say all three. I would say Rush because... um, you can go to any country in the world where they do not speak or English isn't their first language and you play a Rush song and they're like, yeah, and their eyes, mm-hmm. their eyes are dancing. And with the plethora of movies today that are 80s themed, there's Rush songs. Sure. Yeah. M- maybe, maybe Brian Adams. Brian Adams. Bigger than Rush, worldwide. Uh, well, the song that, um, um, Everything, what's that song again? Everything I Do. Yeah, that song, like, uh, every country in the world that has... Broke it right through. Yeah, has a girl crying, and yes, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Give credit where it's deserved, and great rock songs, and a great, great, great rock band. I wish to this day, and I'm sure in my hometown 
bias that in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the guests who were there, because if I was to compile the list of the greatest singles, singles, they have to be in the top 10, a band with the greatest singles, whether you liked them or whether you didn't, the greatest singles, and then some people could say, just for American Woman, this should be in there. The guess who's not in the Rock and Roll no. Fame? That's crazy. And Joan Jett is. Wasn't yeah. I can dig Joan, but there's a hundred others who're like. Yeah. So the guests who I believe in like '71 or something were like the biggest band. Seventy. They were the bigger right? than the Beatles. Right. Yeah. How could that not be in there? That's insane. Because those in America. Uh, I looked down on Canadian acts. It wasn't until a few years ago that Rush finally went in That's there. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's sadly. It's a good point. Sadly. Let me ask you this. Uh, talking about great Canadian bands, the biggest band in Canada besides Rush is probably the Tragically Hip. Yeah. But incredible. never translated to the States. Now, for people that don't know the Tragically Hip, the Tragically Hip is the Rolling Stones of Canada. Amen. Completely Amen. huge, huge, huge act. Hundreds of hits, sellout arenas. Then go across the board and play some dumpy little club. Uh, various answers, guessing only. Uh, they didn't have a lead guitarist that uh, jumped mm. right out at you, my, like a Joe Perry. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a singer who was somewhat quirky. That shouldn't that shouldn't play into it. His lyrics were Canadian. Mm. Too Canadian, maybe? Too Canadian, Anna. They, this means nothing. They didn't move to L.A. or New York. They stayed in Kingston and southern Ontario, Canada. That shouldn't play into it. But when you hear their songs, it had a Canadian, but... Um, you go to Buffalo, and I know the folks will say, well, how many folks from Ontario went to Buffalo. There's still a lot of people from Buffalo in the audience that are high-fiving <laughs> and jumping. It, uh, tragically, hip should have been superstars, but I hate to think a, a singer with a quirky voice, I hate to think not having a great uh, uh, lead guitar player. Their rhythm section is incredible, and they're on the money. They're so tight. There's amazing musicians. I was just thinking, I get an argument with my friend all the time about, like, every band and um has the lead singer like not every band but the lead singer the matinee idol like like Bono or, or, or Michael Stipe a good looking yeah. rebellion Gord was not that guy no he was the CBC announcer or the CBC <laughs> listener uh, right yeah he was too if this is the word erudite for the rock and roll audience mm. he was a gentleman that wrote lyrics that could be played on the CBC and if you were listening to Winnipeg Radio now more than ever I think five radio stations in Winnipeg more than ever played the Tragically Hip. Five radio oh, stations? Probably multiple times a day. And if you put on the Weather Channel, they play the Tragically Hip. <laughs> it's become, for lack of a better appropriation, mainstream. Yeah, yeah. What did you think? Um, uh, Gore obviously uh, gets um, diagnosed with, I believe, it killed brain cancer. cancer. It, it killed. It's... But then goes on tour. Where do you find the strength? Where do you f think about it? How do you find the strength to go on straight on stage when you're not at a hundred percent? Every day we're not on our game. Sometimes we have to suck, suck it up. How about somebody that has an illness? He, granted, there was a teleprompter on stage. He still had to read the lyrics. Mm -hmm. He still had to deliver. deliver yeah. I saw him a year ago in Winnipeg, and he was 
nearly the gourd of old. Mm. But he, there's a magic that was a part of the show. And if you didn't have a tear in your eye, and if you weren't doing this, it's, you didn't like have a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I think that final show uh, broadcast on CBC did like. I'm not going to say what the number was, but I think there's 30 million people in Canada and like 10 million people watching. Yeah, everybody at like least uh, right, right. for some segment of it. And there's a documentary that uh, that is screened at the Toronto Film Festival, I think, in next week or two weeks. Mm-hmm. About the final tour? Yeah. Gotcha. So what do you think about like, because um, it's hard for a rock and roll band today because obviously record sales are done. It's all streaming, and you basically put out a record as a souvenir for your fans when you go on tour. What do you what do you feel about the music business these days in comparison to you know the seventies and eighties? I hope that uh, you understand what I'm trying to say. The Donald Trumps of the world aren't in the music business like they used to be. I hope the music business is inviting uh, people with business degrees. People with a commerce degree, if you have a degree, you have a game plan. If you have a game plan, you have a better way of, uh, of uh, connecting. There's a lot of people that were in the music business that were fans, that were, again, used car salesmen, but you need the smarts. You want to, a, um, a band is a business. And for a business to be successful, you need a game plan. And you need to execute that game plan. Um, I'd love to see more bands working with somebody that, A, has music in their heart, but has a business degree. Hmm, interesting. Is there some bands in, in Canada or the States now that you really are into? Um, there's a lot of bands that I that I absolutely love, and I don't want to say some bands names <laughs> and not uh, and not. Uh, there's. Uh, um, I want to say that the music today. If you look hard enough, the Canadian bands as good as any time, mm. any time before. Do you know the name of the Headstones? Of course, I love the Headstones. Um, there's a movie out right now, Wind River. It's a Hollywood blockbuster. I haven't seen one ad that mentions that Hugh Dillon's in the movie. Mm. Hugh Dillon uh, is in there for about 20 minutes. He owns the screen. In 1979, I'm a kid, and I see Bon Scott. Blew me away. He was absolutely incredible. In Winnipeg? Yeah. ACDC opened up for uh, um, Aerosmith. Wow. Anyway, I never thought that I would see somebody that good till in 1993 I saw Hugh Dillon. He blew me away. He is so charismatic. He is, with the late Bon Scott, the best front man that I have ever, wow. ever the pleasure of seeing. It's, it's, they're, 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 they're. Headstones are another very underrated band. They're, oh, if, if you're listening, go on iTunes and check out the Teeth and Tissue, Picture of Health. We, we had a debate with the guys in Avenged Sevenfold of, is there such thing as a perfect album? And the definition of that is every song has to be A minus or better. Correct. Every song. And uh, I listened to Pictures of Health the other day. I'm like, this could be a perfect album. There's not one. I'm going to have to use that quote. It's great. Yeah, you know, fantastic. you can do it with anybody. Thank you. Because, because we, we, we go through, okay, throw out like, okay, uh, like the first Boston album. I'm like, we go through track by track. And Hitch and a Ride, B plus song. Yeah. I love this. I, this is fantastic. It's a great. Yeah. Taking this to all my friends, yeah, and everyone's fantastic. like, well, it's a, it's, well, I like this one's a plus, but you have to, do, do you, 
like I was talking about synchronicity with my friends in there. That's a perfect record. Okay. Perfect. Everything. That's A to A mother. Plus. Yes. Mother? Yes. A, a, a song, mother? To me, in a certain mood. Okay. In a certain mood. Everything. Uh, that that defined the summer of 1983 for me. That album was that. And yes. they came to Winnipeg that summer when they had the number one record. And the Thompson Twins on that bill, that was heaven. Howard, that was my first concert. That was a, To start off your first concert, first concert with the greatest. And how great were the police? Amazing. How, three guys. And, and here's the cool thing about the internet is I Googled it and found the date, the set list. You it was find, August. You can find that online. Yeah. Everything is there. You know, and that, that I like, uh, you know, I, I like that, uh, that they came to Winnipeg. Yeah. What they always had, that's why like, we were talking about Rush not coming here. They were the one band that did come, but everyone came to Winnipeg. There's always every band. Was I was online Winnipeg. the other day, and I saw that Guns N' Roses will be going to Cincinnati on this tour. What's my point? The first time since 1991. Cincinnati's an A city. Mm-hmm. The first time. So from the top of your head. From the top of your head, there's no right or wrong answer, Chris. An alien comes down from whatever planet. An alien says to you, hi, you know what? On my planet, we play we play rock music. You play it on your planet. What's the best rock album to say to the alien? You see, you can... What album? Yeah. I'm going back home. What album can I take? I would, I would, the first one passed my mind is if I had to make the list of my favorite albums. No album, right or wrong answer. Kiss Alive. Fantastic. Here you go. Yeah, fantastic. You know, and, you know or, uh, Abbey Road. Yeah. You know, White Album. There you go. How about Appetite? Master Puppets. Appetite. Yeah. Yeah. Power Slave, Iron Maiden. Yeah. Those are the albums yeah. for me. Um, and not even Back in Black, High Voltage. You know, yeah. there's, there's your ACDC record, right? So you talk about Bon Scott. But first of all, before I start, what would be yours that you give the aliens? Uh, my favorite band is the who? Wow, yeah. Uh, and uh, who's next? For me, if there was a meter in my car, my home, or wherever I resided over the last, <laughs> the meter would be the meter would be Bubba O'Reilly. Just Bubba O'Reilly. Like most times played. You mean? Yeah, yeah, it would be like it would like unbelievable. So I'm meeting somebody, and I said, "This is a bad joke." I says, "I uh, my favorite band's the Who," and the guy goes, "Yeah, that's pretty cool." This is and this guy's Ukrainian. I said, they, "They wrote a song about your grandmother." They did. What are you talking about? Yeah, Bubba O'Reilly. Guy looked at me like I. Does the same thing? I'm Ukrainian. Too, so Baba means yeah. I was wondering what is Baba O'Reilly? What yeah. is that? Like, is an Irish Ukrainian grandmother? Spiritual guy. Did you ever get a chance to talk to the guys in the room? I want to tell you a wonderful story. So um, there's a band called Scrublo Kane. Called Scrublo Kane. Uh-huh. Paul Dean's band before he's in the Street Heart before he gets into Lover. Okay. So Winnipeg was their base. They were looked after by the Guess Who management company. Anyway, to make a long story short, there was a guy named Henry Small. I'm a little young, but I get to know Henry Small when he's working with Burton Cummings in 1978, one of the backup singers. Then he has a project called Small Wonder. Anyway, we've done interviews. This is the 80s. We've done interviews over the years, and he was really charismatic guy. He's about five foot, so chick magnet. So he's a nice guy to hang around. So <laughs> the Who is no longer in existence. Jefferson and McPhillips, there's a club, and he's playing there, and he says to me, Howard, you got to come down. And this is my hood. Come down to the sound check. I want you, because he knows that I love the room, meet John Entwistle. So I meet John Entwistle. I says, I live five minutes from here. Why don't you guys come into my house? So John, John Entwistle's coming. Up. John Entwistle. So in my basement, I'm that nerd. So I have the who. 
and it's written by, I don't want to say his name because it's not nice, and it says, hope I die before I get old. And this guy's a, like a really big guy in music that wrote the book. So uh, I says to uh, um, Mr. Twistle, can you, can you sign? This is the biggest piece of shit that I have ever <laughs> throws it on the ground. I says, John, I just asked you for an autograph. I'm sorry, John. Anyway, I went to the show that night and um, it was special to me to see somebody that in a club. Yeah. You know what's funny about that is that just speaking from my point of view, knowing when you're on the road, in getting invited to somebody's house, most of the time I probably wouldn't go. So it's actually pretty cool that he came to your house. And John Entwistle, the best rock and roll death ever. Oh, dies in a hotel oh, room. Yeah, literally with hookers and blow. Yeah. How do you go out? You go out. You go out there. When you're yeah. with the who? Yeah, yeah. What other way is there to go? It's God. better than getting hit oh. by. Bus. Oh, God. <laughs> so anyway, on my wall, say this is my basement, right. I have uh, painted album covers, and they're framed, and they mean something to me. Like Somebody I, painted them? Yeah, and then I'd have them framed. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'd, uh, I'd uh, sit down sometimes, and I'd have my listening downstairs, and then, and then this is the days of vinyl, and I, the side would end, and I'd just stare at a disc, and I'd whatever, meditator, what have you. So there's a picture of the Who's Tommy. It's a double record. It's really long. He says to me, did you just put that on the wall? I says, John, it's been on the wall since I got it. I told you I love the Who. John, I love the Who. What aren't you getting? Anyway. He thought you put it up just because you yeah, yeah, he has, right? Yeah. I wanted to just go back uh, quickly and talk about Bon Scott, who to me is the, the best singer of all time in... Purveying the lyrics that he's singing, you believe. He lived that dirty. lifestyle. Yes. He lived it. It's um, when he says like, "There's there's there's a wet spot in your chair." Is it Coca Cola? Like that? I you from Little Lover. Like I can just he's saying it to her so like squealer, like so lascivious. He lived that lifestyle, and Rosie. He did the dirty with Rosie. Oh, and, Rosie. Yeah, and Rosie was a big mama. Like <laughs> Rosie was, Rosie wasn't wasn't this like oh, that's a Hollywood girl. Rosie right. was a big mama. Right, right. Anyway, uh, there's a song called Sin City, mm -hmm. and you know the song. Mm -hmm. You talk to Joe Perry, he will say that's the best Aerosmith song going. <laughs> that's not an AC. He'd say that's the best Aerosmith because he says they went to school on ACDC. Mm. They grew up on ACDC. There's the sleazy stones in uh, in Aerosmith, but so much of uh, Aerosmith has that ACDC. Right, that, that swagger. AC, yeah, yeah, that swagger that... Everybody borrows from everybody else, but uh, so, so why were you saying that Bon Scott, uh, besides Hugh Dillon, is the best front man you ever saw? What did he do that night? He, I he captivated me. He, he owned the stage. He ran this way, he ran that way. He took the mic and he swung it uh, all around Roger Daltrey. He jumped on stage, he jumped off the stage. He, there was no perimeter. And if the perimeter was the stage, he went beyond the perimeter. Hmm. He went beyond the perimeter. Uh, rock and roll is danger. He's dangerous. Mm -hmm. He was so dangerous. Don't take my word for it. See a DVD. See YouTube. The best front man that I had ever seen because he lived that lifestyle and it was so real. And he w it was just a part of his soul. Mm -hmm. A part of his soul. And then when you watch the Young Brothers... The Young Brothers, and how good 
was Malcolm. Great. How good was Malcolm? What a great point. And that's something that, unless you're a rock and roll fan, everyone just would not even think about Malcolm. Well, they think of Angus. Yes. And nothing wrong with that. No, no. I love Angus, too. But Malcolm is the Restraint. engine Rest- the That moves, that pushes. Yes, and through. I say this all the time, that ACDC is the greatest live rock and roll band of all time. Amen. And also the hardest band to play in. People go, oh, yeah, you know, Ace, like Getty Lee, I'm not going to say he couldn't do it, wouldn't have a hard time playing in Rush or playing in, in ACDC. Neil Peart would have a hard time playing in ACDC because it is so locked in and it is meat and potatoes and there's no frills and there's no bullshit, but damn, those guys are locked in as a machine. The At the end of the day, uh, no BS. No BS. They mean meat and potatoes, rock and roll, and they, deli- they deliver yeah, yeah, yeah. such a... Highway to Hell has to be the Bible for anybody that wants to be in a band. This project is the embodiment of what rock and roll is. That is the standard. It always will be the standard. And unless you could reach that standard, yeah, or close to that standard, this is your Bible. And you're going to make a record. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Have it in your soul and ride that energy when you go in the studio. Ride that energy. Did you ever talk to the guys in D.C.? Is it D.C.? No. <laughs> they don't do a lot of interviews either. Um, <laughs> um, you know what? I think there was an opportunity in 1980 to talk to Brian Johnson. And um, God bless the PD at the time. He felt that... Um, the morning team uh, should have done the interview. And it was his call, mm. meaning that uh, this is ACDC. And this was before Brian Johnson and the success of Back in Black. So ACDC hires a new singer. They want to introduce the singer to uh, the marketplace. Do we know if ACDC is going to have the wings to fly? Right. Who knows? Right. They had Robert John Mutt Lang. They were going to the... So anyway, the PD at the time, and it was a good call because I didn't know that they would. And we didn't know. I think, uh, I could be wrong, but he might have heard two or three songs. The program director, and he said, I want our morning man to speak to Brian Johnson. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it took a while for Back in Black to take off, and then it's in our lexicon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the most classic yeah. of all time. Uh, last few questions, Howard, as we start winding down. Who are some bands, I mean, Streetheart is definitely one of them, but that you think should have been bigger, um, that just didn't get that luck? You're talking uh, Canadian? Canadian or even American. Bands that uh, you saw over the years and went, wow, like, I don't know why they're not bigger. That's uh, from the top of my head. I'm trying to think. Um, I always loved, and they had a cachet in America, but I had such a place in my heart for Saga. Mm. There was a time that Saga was my yes. Mm. My, their songs were melodic. Their songs were adventurous. The songs came under that, if Prague was the, they, on the loose, uh, I just thought they were they were just they just spoke to me mm-hmm. just like absolutely big time. I don't want to show my hometown bias, but I will. Chris Bergaffney wrote a song called Miracle. His son was born. He was so inspired he wrote the song Miracle. That should have been a worldwide hit. Mm. Uh, what kind of love is this? Uh, you're a Canadian boy. 
It's a streetheart song, the kind that makes me stand in line. That's a Tim Hortons commercial. That's a couple. That's a couple of Tim Hortons having a coffee. Here's their coffee. What kind of love? And then they embrace the kind that makes you stand in line. That's a moment. I'm not a writer at an ad agency, but that's but that truly, truly is a moment. If I was to show you the best of Trooper, you'd see hit after hit after hit. There's like 12 bona fide hits. They should have had a cachet. Raise a Little Hell should have been an anthem at every arena in America. Yeah, every sporting event. You, wanna, you, you want to, so they have a Queen song. I get that. You want a, another try? Raise a Little Hell for the home team. Let's, let's, yeah. they like should have, uh, definitely should have had a, a, a stronger cachet. I didn't mm. get it. Um, there were so many. I was ecstatic, and I don't know if you were around then. You were in your travels, but um, crash test dummies, mm-hmm. crash test dummies were the flag pretty good for a few years for Winnipeg. Brad Roberts used to yeah. give me guitar lessons. Really? Against music on Portage Avenue. That's fantastic. And I remember, uh, so Brad Roberts is the guitar player and the, and the leader of Crash Test Dummies. And he, uh, he, we used to have this book, like a guitar book, and you'd have to play like Irish Washerwoman and yeah. like Three Blind Mice. And the one time I came in, he's like, you know what? This book sucks. He goes, what do you want to learn? I was like, uh, Black Sabbath, uh, Def Leppard. So he, he showed me how to play Paranoid, um, Rock of Ages, and Start Me Up. That's fantastic. Yeah, he said, next week, here's the lesson. You got to learn Start Me Up. And what about Irish Washerwoman, Brad? the Irish washroom. I, I love it. I don't ever want to hear that song again. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. But yeah, they were really, really big. Biggest Winnipeg bands. Guess who? Crash Test Dummies for a short time. Neil Young. Yeah, oh, Neil Young. Those who basically yeah. are three, right? Neil Young, beyond, beyond, yeah. su- beyond superlatives. I'm incredulous why their forefathers haven't named some place in Winnipeg for Neil Young. That's right. It goes back to some. There's a little bit of a weird stigma that Winnipeg has with their favorite yeah, songs. I don't get it. You know I what I mean? Like it. you drive through like Musimins and a big billboard, home of Dave Tippett. Yeah. Played for the Hartford Whalers in like 1982. Here, there's like <laughs> Neil Young. The guest, like Neil Young. Don't get it. You know, and I, it's actually because I'm not saying in a bad way. It's just one of those things that a couple of years ago. Um, I finally I got the Order of the Buffalo Hunt. Fantastic. Which is the highest honor you can get in Manitoba. Kudos. <laughs> but it's great. I told, uh, we were in Winnipeg for, for the WWE, and I told my boss, Vince McMahon, that I got the Order of the Buffalo Hunt. I said, do you want to like say something about it today? He's like, Order of the Buffalo Hunt? <laughs> that sounds really stupid. He goes, I'm not going to say you won the Order. But, but in Winnipeg, it's a big deal. He goes, okay. But he was like, it does sound kind of funny. Like the Order of the Buffalo Hunt. Sounds like the Grand Poobah or something like that. But it's still recognition. Yeah, it was. It and, was nice to get and that's, it. Too. At the end of the day, you're recognized for accomplishments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Neil Young has to be. Every yeah. artist has learned a Neil Young song. Every artist, think no, about dude. that. It's like his house should be like a like a here's Neil Young's house, like Elvis's house. You know where what he Bob grew- Dylan did when he came to town five years ago? What he went to uh, Neil Young's place. Oh, that's where he grew he up. He went to Neil Young to soak it in, mm-hmm. to soak it in. He gets it. Mm. There's, there's stories there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? And Neil Young's not going to be on the planet forever. We need to do something while he's. Agreed. Well, and when he comes to town, he has a driver. You know what the driver does? He's, Neil says, take me here, take me there. He wants to soak up some memories. God, yeah. bless, God bless him. 
I mean, that's the thing. Even when I come back to town, I always go past my house where I grew up. I go hang out at DJ's restaurant. I go. Excellent. I still enjoy coming back to Winnipeg because it's a great. It's a great city. Like a great city to grow up in. For the arts, for music, arts for wrestling, for, yeah. for, for you know, fringe acting, everything. It's, it's a great city. You're a, a wonderful ambassador. <laughs> and you're, I think we could call you the custodian of Winnipeg, too. You can wear a few hats. Uh, let me say this to you. Um, I'm really proud of you. And uh, something else that I'm proud of you, the smile and the enthusiasm. God bless you for that. Thanks, Howard. Last question. What's, the, what's your favorite gig you've ever seen? Is one stand out? Um, it's hard to pick just one. Uh, because we were talking about it, but it'll change tomorrow. Yeah. My first answer should be The Who because they're my favorite band. Mm -hmm. But the Aerosmith ACDC combo at the Winnipeg Arena in 1979. I've been fortunate to see some incredible, incredible Who shows in Winnipeg. Uh, over the years but that show uh, and having said that I know we're trying to say one show I've been invited to some private parties where Burton Cummings would be at the piano and he'd be playing the hits and telling stories those to me were magical nights mm -hmm. with, hey I was in Bannerman Avenue in the North End and then he'd play, <laughs> yeah, play it, just, yeah. it just it just we're both privileged, and to be invited into that inner circle and to be have that opportunity and hear those stories, how this came about. Mm -hmm. But that 1979 Bon Scott and a Steven Tyler that was hungry, that had drive, and man... It uh, you get locked in it gets locked yeah. in your memory your memory but uh, I can never ignore some of the who shows that I have mm -hmm. seen because um, yeah it's it's yeah it's it's the it's the who Howard you're a legendary guy man I appreciate you doing this today Chris God bless you thank you. Chris I loved it <laughs> I loved it all right thanks to rockologist and one of my childhood heroes one of my childhood influences. Howard Manshine for sharing all the great rock and roll stories from his incredible 40-year career on the air in Winnipeg. And if you are in Winnipeg, next time you're there, check out Howard on 92 City FM. That's the rock station in Winnipeg. Remember, 92 City FM, Howard Manshine, rockologist. You can also stream the station on your phone or tablet. Listen to him if you ever want a little bit of rock and roll history. 92 City FM, Howard Manshine. What a rocker. What a rockologist. And go ahead and stream the new Fozzie single, Painless on Spotify. Spotify. We're already getting some early ads on radio. This might be uh, just as big as Judas, if not bigger. We forgot to add it a few weeks ago. We're not going to forget now. Check it out. This is Painless from Judas right here by Foz.
that song is shot and in the can. We're about ready to release it in a week or two. Coming soon, so is Fozzie. I already told you about our upcoming European tour with Steel Panther, the Judas Rising Tour in 2018, starting February 28th in Paris. Uh, we're heading to Switzerland, Luxembourg, Belgium, Germany, Spain, uh, all over the place. Go check out all those dates at FozzieRock.com. And don't forget, Fozzie's also going to be rocking the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at sea, setting sail October 27th, 2018. For as low as 150 bucks, you can reserve your cabin at ChrisJerichoCruise.com. And don't forget, everything is included in that price, all-inclusive, all the food, all the activities, live podcasts, stand-up comedy, rock and roll shows, meet and greet, signings, pictures. You want to take a picture of Mick Foley? You know how much it's going to cost you when you're on the cruise? Nothing, because you already uh, you already got your cabin. So that's how it works, all-inclusive. And, of course, you're going to get to see the Ring of Honor, Sea of Honor tournament, all included in the price of your cabin. All you got to pay for is alcohol and gambling. If you don't do neither, everything's going to be free. And if you book your cabin by January 15th, you got about three weeks left, you're going to get a picture of me with the list. I will put you on the list, okay? Until January 15th, uh, don't be late. Don't If you're thinking about booking, don't book it on the 16th. got to book on the 15th or earlier, and you will get on the list. Everyone always asks me how to make the list. That's how. Book your cabin at ChrisJerichoCruise.com before January 15th, and you too can make the list. All right. And uh, you're going to be able to hang with all these Hall of Famers and great people. Jim Ross, Jerry the King Lawler, SoCal Val, Mick Foley, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Rey Mysterio, Cyrus and Paul Lazenby from Killing the Town, the Keeping It 100 crew, Conan, Disco Inferno, Shane Helms, Dave and Tim from Beyond the Darkness going to be scaring the crap out of you. Brad Williams, Ron Funches, Jim Brewer doing comedy, live comedy. Jim's playing with his rock and roll band, The Loud and Rowdy. They're good, too. Dave LaGreca from Busted Open Radio. Fozzie, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. King, The Dives with Evan Stanley. The Dave Spivak Project. Check out his new uh, video on YouTube now. Uh, it's called Get Out of My House. Very, very cool. Over 500 views for Spiwi in just a couple days. The Darlings of Rock and Roll, the Cherry Bombs, are going to be there to give you some great uh, rock and roll dance routines. They're awesome, awesome girls. Shoot to Thrill. Speaking of awesome girls, the world's best female ACDC cover band. Blizzard of Oz, the world's best Aussie cover band. And don't forget, you're going to get the Eddie Guerrero podcast uh, on Talk is Jericho. Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler on Talk is Jericho. We're doing a live debate, killing the town versus keeping it 100 what that's what's going to happen on that i'm going to interview the whole bullet club for talk is jericho i got some big plans don't miss it and of course don't miss the ring of honor sea of honor tournament matches happening in the middle of the ocean the ring is secured on deck and the winner of the sea of honor tournament gets a ring of honor world heavyweight championship shot in the future the young bucks are going to be there the villain marty skrull the american nightmare cody cody's wife brandy rhodes the briscoe brothers dalton castle more names to be added soon. Don't you dare miss it, ChrisJerichoCruise.com. And don't you dare miss Alpha vs. Omega January 4th at the Tokyo Dome. Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. Double main event along with Okada and Naito. Uh, Kenny and Chris, no DQ. It's the way it had to be. It's going to be a match like you've never seen in New Japan before. You can watch it live. Go to New Japan World. Subscribe now. Check it out. Go do that, and we're going to be rocking it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much to the Killer Talk is Jericho sponsors and to all of you for supporting them. DDPyoga.com. Go to DDPyoga.com slash Jericho. Take advantage of DDP's big holiday sale. Get 30% off the DDPY DVDs, the app, related match, everything in between. And go to True Car. Save time, save money, save peace of mind at True Car. Go do it now. Thank you for listening. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next and coming up on Friday. We're going back into the paranormal conspiracy world 
Uh, it's History's Mysteries with my bros in Gemini Syndrome. We toured together earlier this year, and these guys, wow, do they ever have some stories and some uh, conspiracy theories and everything in between. Talking about History's Mysteries with Gemini Syndrome coming up on Friday. We'll see you then. In the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs, and a big yeah, boy. This is Rockologist Chris Jericho signing out. Thanks, Howard.